Hare Bol, everyone. Hare Krishna. My name is Kishore Chandra, and we're here for chit chat. Uh, myself and JJ Mahabu come on here <clears throat> every night at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and we discuss spiritual topics. Um, welcome, Money Blue Skies and Kavi. Welcome, Indulaka Devi and Marilyn. Welcome, Shyam and Kavi. Hari Hari Welcome, Adi Hall. Welcome all. I'm good. Thank you for asking, Sean. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Let's hope that Jai has made the pilgrimage to um, get a new phone. Let's see if that has happened. <laughs> I hope so, so that we can have a functioning chit-chat tonight. And if not, then it will be a, a fun race until the phone gives out again. <laughs> until the phone can handle it. <clears throat> Welcome Princess Pepina and Sanjeevani Radha, Hare Krishna. If not, donations will be required, exactly. <laughs> if not, Jaya will be taking donations for this one. Welcome Madhavapuri and Milan, Hare Krishna, Hare Bol. Thank you all for joining us on this, uh, is it Sunday? Right? I think it's Sunday. I'm Social Experiment 2.0. <laughs> oh, Krishna. I think it's Sunday, right? I'm not sure. I'm losing track of days out here, everyone, on the beach. It's just all kind of mushing into one. Welcome, PB Chat. Okay, it's Sunday, yeah. Okay, good. Welcome, Jagadish Hari <clears throat> and Anand. Maybe he's still out on his mission buying the phone? No, he's here. He's here. He just got here. So let's see. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Hello. I didn't get it. You didn't get it? Can you hear me? Yeah, but for some reason, like, this just stopped, which is, like, fine. I don't know why it did that. T-Mobile was closed today on the weekends. Oh, really? Yeah, so, and I'm, the closest place to where I'm at for getting a phone is, like, 40-minute drive or something. So, my friends are saying, why don't you just order it online? and just have it delivered in a few days. So I'll try to order it tonight, but we couldn't go and get it. That's okay. Sorry. Well, it's okay. We're all, we're all in anticipation for this new phone. So you're just, you're just, you're just drawing it out. You're drawing out the, the eagerness for everyone to... If I can draw some do more donations, that'll be great too. <laughs> <laughs> so do, where do we leave off yesterday? I have no idea. I barely knew what day it was today. I had to have the, uh, uh, the listeners remind me what day it was today. All the beach days merging into one? Yes. <laughs> As you can see. <laughs> um, I have no idea where we left off yesterday. <laughs> do you? <laughs> I mean, I remember the topic. I just don't remember where we ended it. Because my phone was making all such disturbance. I feel like we Wait. ended... I feel like I was speaking and I was making a point and... We were, we're, we were arguing for the value of rules yeah. and our sort, of, our sort of maybe cultural conditioning to be antagonistic to rules. Yeah. And we were just trying to make a case for, you know, rules are actually kind of nice and 
it helps set proper boundaries so that you can actually improve yourself and yeah but beyond that argument i don't remember what we were saying one thing that i did want to come back to in the course of our discussion the last few days i wanted to flesh out more was the idea we were bringing that we brought up in relationship to nehemiah Please tell me that was you. Sorry. Please tell me that was you. Okay. No, that was me because I I put these back, I put these back on because um, I hear you better with this. So it like paused okay. to put this back on. I wanted to come back to the idea of being afraid to make advancement, being afraid to be spiritual, and in, in the deepest and mm. truest sense, because of the implications on what it means for our, our false ego, essentially the persona we've built up for ourselves. But I particularly the one point you brought up in that in the course of that oh, conversation yeah. Yeah. was the sanity and sanity divide like what's considered sane for the conventional mind is basically insanity from like a vedanta ideal perception yeah and the the sane person who spiritually realized looks kind of insane yeah from the perspective of the conventional eye and i kind of want to come back to that idea what is actually what's crazy and what is sanity yeah just in the course of the aspect of the conversation about being afraid to make advancement because i i i suspect that the real reason most of us don't advance too well if we're not advancing is because we're ultimately afraid to advance mm. um you know advancing is like crossing a certain threshold mm. that you you just okay and this the storytelling books I've been reading and, you know, recently, you know, there's a call to adventure mm. and the hero's journey thing. And one of the very first responses to the call of adventure is to reject it, like to not respond to it because any adventure means going from the realm of the known to the realm of the unknown. And it has profound implications on the life that you're accustomed to. Mm. And, um, and so we're afraid to let go of the life that we're accustomed to, to enter into some unknown territory. And I think that's very much related to our, the spiritual quest that we, we are afraid to advance. And part of it is like, when you, when you hear about what the advanced person is or what they're like, I mean, there's a good part of it, like they have all the wonderful qualities, but there's this other part where they're kind of like crazy. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to explore that, that, that bit a little bit more. I really like what Sham wrote as well. He said, also, I feel that advancing means defeating the anarthas we have, and therefore we are struggling to justify that this anartha must be destroyed. Mm. I really like that as well, because I feel like there is a lot of bargaining that goes on. Like, like this <laughs> That's is a really good way yeah, of doing like, bargaining. Like, this isn't so bad, you know, or like, I'll give it up. I'll give it up this much, but like come on krishna you know like meet me halfway like it's everyone else does it you know like we live in the material world it's Kali. I, I don't want to be i don't want to be fanatic <laughs> that's a classic one i don't want to be fanatic i've said those things like a hundred percent i'm all of us <laughs> I, i'm not fanatic. i'm, I'm going to be that cool devotee yeah i have tea like but i also have a cool style <laughs> and people want to hang out with me oh krishna bargaining is a good is a good word yeah, bargaining is a very good word. But I also remember something that I brought up yesterday in, in kind of line with this sanity, insanity point. 
is also the point that I, th I can't remember exactly like why I was bringing up this point, but I said something along the lines of like, when words start to lose their meaning. Do yes. you remember I said something like that yesterday? Yes, that was how it ended actually. Yeah, that's how it ended, but I can't remember like why I said that. Like ideas and words start to lose their meaning. And well, because I brought up that something to the effect that love, words like love. Yes. Um, at least in bhakti tradition, we have, yeah, I remember now. We use words when we're justifying not following rules. It's often an argument for substance over form. Yes. And don't be so into the different rules and regulations and the different forms of things because it's about the substance. It's about bhakti. It's about the love in the heart. And I was saying that you don't even know what love is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no tea, no shade. I don't know what love is either. I'm not trying to call you out. And I was, trying, I was saying there's a difference between dual love and non-dual mm -hmm. love. And then you brought up the point that because words have now lost their meaning. Yeah. Um, well, and so they could come to mean anything. And, exactly. Yeah, and then, that was half of the conversation ended, actually. So building on that point and on the sanity, insanity part, like they go kind of hand in hand because I like what Shyam mm -hmm. said about like, well, what we've been saying about like the fear of, you were just saying this, like the fear of letting go of the known and the comfortable and the cushy. But like, if we look at it in the way where like we are taking, we are taking what is insanity in this material world to be sane, right? And in that insanity, right? Like in this material world that we live in, words don't mean anything. Like love to me means this, but love to you means this. And murder to this person means that, but to me it means that. And racism to that person means that. So literally words don't mean anything. And that's right. what we are currently like conditioned into like that's how we've been socialized and for lack of a better right. word. And so if I'm socialized in a highly secular individualistic world where I can just get away with saying things like, you know, just, just, just love or like just whatever, like just this or whatever it is. Like I can get away with saying stuff like that and not being perhaps tasked to go deeper, tasked to really mm. go into what, 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 what does love really mean? Or what does hate really mean? Or what does envy really mean? Like, what do these words actually mean? Because I'm not tasked to, you know, the, the let's say the normal day-to-day -day person, modern person, is not tasked to investigate really what these things mean. We just kind of accept them as a given. Oh, it means this, whatever, okay, sure. You know, I watch the TV show, it says that it means this, so that, that means that that's what it means. Then there will be no advancement, and not only will there not be any advancement, but it will be very difficult for me to accept a spiritual practice, a sadhana, a spiritual world where it's saying the opposite. You know, like mm -hmm. it's saying, no, what you guys are doing, that's the insanity. We're the sane ones. No, the mm -hmm. definitions that you have of love and this and compassion and whatever, I don't know where you got those definitions from, but they're not correct you know so it, it creates this very difficult impasse i feel like sometimes especially when we start to do the no. especially when we start to do the niyama niyama agraha you know where we start to let go of the rules and regulations a little bit and we're just like i'm just you know i'm just like doing my own thing whatever i feel like when you're doing that it's really easy to i don't know if fall is the right word but to like become seduced by that world where like things are just you know it's just free and like words are just this and like love means this to that person. So why can't, you know, you start to bargain that yes. word. You start to bargain for the material world. Yeah. I, I remember having this realization 
after some time being a devotee. Devotees seem so sure about everything. Because, um, you know, we have this confidence. I'm speaking from the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna's God. So it's like clarity. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I kind of realized when I started, like, interacting with other sort of spiritual circles, yoga or New Agers or whatever it might be, they're... they're one of the characteristic qualities of those communities, from my perspective, is ambiguity. Yes. And that, like, no one really knows anything in full or, or the kind of idea is that anything that you're, like, spiritual life is intuitively felt and known. Yeah. And it's not something that can be, like, concretized into very fixed words that have very fixed meanings. Yeah. It's, con it's kind of amorphous and it flows. yeah. yeah. And it's, it's largely intuitive. And so, and we've been socialized because the spiritual marketplace is a type of industry at this point. It's been for many years. And so we've kind of also been socialized to think of spirituality, not in terms of the religious, but in terms of the spiritual. You know, God, how many times I've heard that I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. Yeah. Where spiritual means that it's intuitive, it's, it's, it's felt, it's ambiguous, it's, it's not religion is like fixed fixed words with fixed meanings and fixed rules and so one of the things i realized earlier on is that Hare christians were like mad annoying <laughs> because we were always like no it's this yeah, 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 yeah. and there's there's nothing more like obnoxious than having the feeling that spiritual mm -hmm. life is intuitive and someone's saying that it's not intuitive it's not ambiguous it's clear and this is what it is. <laughs> and I, I, remember, I remember even someone, oh my God, I can't, I'm thinking DePaul University. I remember being on campus and distributing to this one girl. She was quite fascinated by me because I was always standing on the same corner uh, every, every school day, the same corner for many years, for about four years. She was intrigued by me. She started getting into Bhagavad Gita a little bit. And I remember her one time asking, well, who is the self? And I said, the self is the soul, Jivatma. You know, I gave my, the Bhagavad Gita spill. And she was like, it can't be that simple. And I was like, it is. <laughs> and it was like, she was find, found it a little bit obnoxious. Mm. Like, how can you be so sure that this is what it is? Mm. And um, yeah, so anyway, as you were speaking, I was just reminded of that. That, um, yeah, we kind of think that spiritual life is, yeah, intuitively felt. Yeah. And it's very hard to convince i think even ourselves to some degree but it's hard to convince people that your normal way of thinking is actually the opposite of the truth yes it's it's and so whatever you're intuiting is like completely bogus or not maybe the completely but like almost completely bogus and that's literally the definition of ignorance i like to share the definition of ignorance from yoga sutra which is also referenced by acharyas but the definition for ignorance is when one accepts the anitya, that means the yeah. temporary for the nitya, yeah. for the eternal. One accepts the ashuchi, the impure, that means the material body, for the shuchi, the pure. Yeah. One accepts the anitya. Uh, I'm, I'm missing. What's the other ones? You said anitya. you said temporary for eternal. Right? Yeah. Temporary for eternity, clean for the unclean. Clean for the unclean, temporary for the eternal. Oh my God, I haven't quoted this definition in a while. Why can't I remember the other two factors? Asuchi, for the, Nitya. For the, the untruth. Oh. As the, yeah, I got yeah. it. 
the, the third one is the you accept that which is dukkha to be sukha. Yeah, the cause of your suffering for the cause of your happiness. To be sukha, and you accept the anatma, anatmya, which means the material body, the anatma, to be the atma. Yeah. So for so if you look at these four words, how ignorance is defined, you can see that they're exact opposites of each other. Yeah. Nitya anitya, shuchi ashuchi, atma an, anatma, and um, sukha and dukkha. dukkha. They're exact opposites of each other. So the definition of ignorance is when your perception of things is exactly the opposite of the truth. Yeah. And so our, your, one's intuitive way of understanding and ignorance is in the direction of unreality or is turned away from the actual truth of reality. And I think that's kind of the hardest part about spiritual life. Sorry. I, I, I'm, yeah, it's okay. No, I'm just I was reading. just saying, I think th this is the hardest part about coming to spiritual life in the beginning stages is to really appreciate the degree to which you are as an individual ignorant. Yeah. yeah. Like to really appreciate, oh, I, know, I know I've done courses in the past where I have everyone say, Hey, hey y'all, I'm finna teach y'all a mantra. I want everyone to repeat after me. And everyone's like excited. I said, this is the most important mantra. You must learn this mantra carefully. And it says, repeat after me. I am, and they're like, I am ignorant. <laughs> and everyone, of course, starts laughing because this is like such a weird thing to say about yourself. Yeah. But until you can really appreciate the degree to which you are as an individual ignorance, it makes it very hard to be receptive to genuine, authentic knowledge. Mm. Anyway, so I, yeah, all of these things got brought up for me. I love that definition of ignorance. I remember I have that also written in my notes somewhere. And uh, I was teaching maybe like, I don't know how many weeks, a week and a half ago, I was teaching for this teacher training, Bhagavad Gita. And I was speaking specifically mm. on, this, on this definition of ignorance. And I remember a lot of the people really found the, the Sukha Dukkha one really powerful because like you really just start to reflect you know it's like i take i take the cause of my suffering to be the cause of my happiness you know and it's exactly. like how many things were in life like in in normal life if you just take one step over the boundary that you set for yourself you know if you just take one little small step over the boundary that you know yourself is good for you it's like it's going to turn into a you know a chit show. It's going to turn into right. not a good situation. And so it's almost like, I really, I really, really, really like what someone just wrote. Maybe PB chat. chat. People don't like clear answers because that means there's a clear path to take and they aren't ready to do that. They'd rather fool themselves with confusion. And I really, really like that because it's so easy to, uh, what's the word? It's so easy to like settle into confusion, to like settle with confusion, mm. just like, well, you know, I don't really know. So like it is what it is, you know, like this kind of like negotiating or bargaining that goes on in the mind or like kind mm. of like, well, it's not so bad or like it won't be that bad or like it feels good in the moment. So like fine, like this, whatever. And it's just it's, I, I just feel like I really like PB Chat's point, because if there is no clear path to take, then I can kind of allow myself to be taken. You know, I can allow myself to be taken for a ride, as they say, and that will be whoever, you know, that will be society or the economy or like whatever ideologies that I subscribe to. You know, I'm doing it in air quotes because, I mean, there's a whole reason for that, but we won't get into it. And I just think that it's very easy to let oneself go, 
you know, when I don't have a strong hold on what I see as a clear path or, or the definitions of words. Like, remember, you know what I was thinking of when you were speaking? I don't remember when we did this, but it, it definitely was before the 100 episodes. But we had like a whole five, six, seven blocks of chit-chat episodes where we, we went into the definition of, of pure bhakti according to Srila right. Rupa Goswami in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Because we got into this whole right. thing. I remember we got into this whole thing where we were speaking about this then of words have lost their meaning, you know, oof, wow, the sun. And Jagadish Hari was saying like how words have become empty signifiers. And so I remember we were getting really on this thing of like, we have to define what bhakti is. Like everyone on this chit chat should know like what is bhakti according to our shastra, you know? And we went into this whole thing. And the, re- the thing is that like, it really should be like that. It really 100% should be like that. Like I should know my chit. I should know what I'm talking about and not, and I think this is the kicker, like not just to like, say that I know it, like, I know what bhakti means, you don't, you, you know, you, because then it becomes like an ego thing. It becomes like, I think the reason is so that I can have like an actual real experience of the soul. Because this is where it gets crazy. I've been like on a weird philosophical kick this morning. If we're, if we're not experiencing, if we're not having an experience of the soul through through Shastra, through Kirtan, through Sangha, and we're having purely material experiences, like none of that is real. Like it's crazy. Like none of it is actually real. It's all just kind of like imaginary, you know? And it's kind of wild when you think about it. It's just like, it's wow. Wild. It's wild. It's, that, that's one of those things that's really hard to digest. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of the part of the things that we might say are unreal. Yeah. That are lovely, like our family, for example, or, you know, et cetera. There are many aspects of the apparent, the unreal world. Is, we call it as unreal because it's ultimately yes. here today and gone tomorrow. Yeah. But there are many aspects of that reality that are very endearing to us. Uh, and so, you know, to call it as unreal is one of those very hard parts of knowledge yes that's hard hard to digest uh so just throwing it out there i mean even though you seem really enthusiastic <laughs> to just strip all meaning of the, the world that i'm participating in i just want to let you know that that is a sensitive point and that maybe we should navigate it a little bit more carefully i just want to throw that out there <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. It is a very sensitive point. But I mean, like, in many ways. You may say it, you, we may say it in the opposite way. What? And I, I've been saying this a lot. I may, I've been using this language a lot. That I have a cool quote about this. This is just like when you go to a movie and you're looking at the screen and you kind of forget about your real life in the conventional world and you're kind of brought into the world of the movie for an hour or two or if you're watching a series for 10 hours or whatever but you're, you're brought into this other world for a time and you kind of lose yourself yeah. in the story that you're watching so in a very in a somewhat similar way a parallel may be drawn that the soul is looking at the life that is this body and mind that we have now and we lose our soul in this story and having lost our soul, we, identi- we accept the identity of our body and mind, our persona. Mm. And then there's so many, that persona is related to so many characters of the story, 
which we call family members and friends and et cetera. Mm. And they become very meaningful for us, but they become very meaningful for us, but unfortunately only so far as we're not realized, only in the context of having lost our soul. Yes, exactly. And, and then if you discover your soul, it's not that they maybe are stripped of complete meaning, yeah. but you have to kind of like recontextualize how you're thinking about them and how you're relating to them. Because previously to your realization of who you really are, you were only relating to them based on the loss of your own self. And it's just like a, a movie where someone finds out that their, you know, their parents aren't their biological parents, but they've been adopted. And so it's not that suddenly their parents become meaningless, but now they have to kind of recontextualize yeah. uh, to some degree how they're thinking about them, how they're relating. Yeah. There's these there's this whole other real parents out there mm. that I need to kind of discover. I didn't really know who I was fully. That's maybe not the strongest example. No, I think it's... Just to give that comparison. I think it's a great example because honestly, this morning I was having like a weird, like we're all living in the matrix kind of moment. I was just like, wow. You okay, know? well, I, I hope I'm helping you through that <laughs> because you were coming off very negative. And... <laughs> I, was talk I was talking to a friend this morning over the phone and I was like, love doesn't exist. <laughs> like, that's the, mood that I, wow. that's the mood that I was in this morning. I was like, in this material world, love does not exist. And this is why. And I was like, po, 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 po. So yeah, I'm in, a, I'm in that kind of mind, mindset today. But I really like what you just said. Because it's not that people, don't, people become meaningless to us or that our family, our parents, our loved ones become meaningless to us. It's that we need to recontextualize. I love that. Recontextualize like what it actually means and how it fits into this current reality that we're living in, but no, right. knowing that it ultimately is temporary. And so it's like, it's like um, wait, I'm reading what Indulika Devi says. She said, we need to remind yeah. ourselves all the time that we are not into the movie but watching watch but we're it. watching it i like that wait and then kavi saying i think the capacity for love and faith is what holds most people back from believing in a god also their capacity to love because it's full surrender to god or someone else and let go of control yeah i'm not i'm not i don't i'm not that. following that either but yeah. but i can't remember what i was going to say now i lost my train of thought but essentially i think what i was trying to say was that it all it's not that like, like words can have meaning, you know, it's that right. like we, we have the, Ooh, hello. We have the, sorry. <laughs> oh my God. Jaya. Sorry. I didn't know it had that effect. I'm sorry. Wait, can I do that? How do I do that? Oh, oh. Like, <laughs> that's where you want to make a point. You can go, dun. wait, how are you? Go? Dun, 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 dun. Dun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, guys. We're, 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 we're a clowning. I had no Apologies. idea we could do that. What I was going to say was that words can have meaning and they can have power, but like we need to know what they mean, you know, like we need to know what they mean according to a, a practice of life that we are, that we are committing ourselves to, you know, yes. I saw someone, I think yes. it was Dr. Derek, maybe someone brought up the word sovereignty who we've used that right. we've used that word a lot in our chit chat. I love that word. I love that, love word. that word. And it's like if I have if I don't have sovereignty, if I don't if okay, I'm gonna try to be positive, okay? If I do have sovereignty over myself, right, that means that I'm not attached to my I'm working on not being attached to my ego. I'm understanding how to contextualize and recontextualize this temporary world that I live in, then the words that I am choosing to use, let's 
you know, say love or bhakti or whatever, they do have meaning because I have sovereignty over my life, over who I am, over my practices, and most importantly, over my senses. So when I say something like control, that word has meaning. When I say something like love, that word has meaning because I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to, I'm going to deliver on that. You know, I'm going to understand that every word has strength and power and commitment behind it. Because when words lose their meaning, it's when I use them cheaply or when I, or when I literally just like treat them like garbage words. So that means I say to you, I love you. And then we've talked, we talked about this yesterday, right? The, the, the dualistic kind of love. I love you in one moment and the next moment I hate you. One moment we're, we're going to get married and you're the best and whatever. And the next moment, don't speak to me. I've blocked your number, you know, and things like this happen in the world. Like, like that, you know, like it happens. Yeah. Like well, that. they're, they're the, they're, it's just kind of the play of our character. Yeah. Our character kind of playing itself out. Mm. Again, once there's the discovery of your own soul, all these things change dramatically. Exactly. And so whatever we are likely seeing in our lives at the present moment, it's to some degree, for some of us more than others, it's, it's, a, it's playing out on the basis of the loss of self. Mm. The way we can mistreat each other on social media mm. or, or feel hate for this one or that one or attachment to the opposite of this one or that one. This, all of these things are really based on the loss of self. Mm. And that's why the message, I mean, it's a broken record message. It's totally cliche. But there's a reason good things become cliches that you, you no one can really give the world direction if they've lost themselves. Yeah. And I guess the, the, the profundity of the loss that has taken place in the modern secular world is that no one appreciates the degree to which they have lost themselves. And I think even for devotees, or I, I suspect this is true of a lot of religious people, because they kind of have the, you know, quote, air quotes, right philosophy they feel that somehow vindicates them from the critique of having lost themselves. Mm. You know, so like you can see devotees, for example, fighting on Facebook over politics or whatever it might be. And because they all know the philosophy, however, you know, no, no matter if they're knowing it's shallow, but they all know the philosophy. So somehow they're, we, all of us, when we're like doing that, we're not really appreciating the degree to which we've lost ourselves mm. in that moment, in that hour, mm. in that in that day, in that week, in that month, in that year. Mm. And I, I know I, I feel that like I'm a I'm, I'm a decently well-read devotee. I'm not gonna lie. I know a lot more than the average devotees that I meet in terms of our actual devotee of philosophy. Like, and when I say no, I mean like really no. I know what verse I'm quoting from. I know the commentaries of the verses that I'm quoting. And so this is not true from everyone, but for a lot of the vast majority of devotees that I meet, just purely based on externals, I can show, I can try to prove to, my, to them and to myself that I'm superior to them mm. in terms of my knowledge. But experientially, such an, an attempt to prove that is also based on the loss of myself. Mm. And for someone like me who's like well read and studied and can quote, it, it could be a lot harder for a person like me, and I can say my, I'm speaking for myself, to appreciate the degree in which I've lost myself. Mm. Because I already know the philosophy and I have some, you know, even if it's a bare minimum 
practice, I'm doing it, and I know so much. Mm. And so it's harder for someone like me to appreciate that, like, I've lost my soul, mm. despite being so into the philosophy and knowing. And, yeah, frankly speaking, uh, yeah, it's cliche, but until you kind of find yourself, it's really, really, really hard to do, to speak meaningfully, which is what you're, you're kind of hitting on. Yeah. And to act meaningfully, to do things that ultimately bring uplift to your family or to your community or ultimately to your world. It's really hard to do any of that if you've really lost yourself. So self-realization always gets downplayed. It's not that important. But as Prabhupada likes to say, if you say two plus two equals five in the beginning, anything you do after that, it's bogus. <laughs> so if we haven't really got a strong sense of that identity of self, yeah, I mean, our life's going to be a mess. Our words will be empty. Our acts will be empty. Our relationships will be empty. Our attempts for administrative work in the world, ultimately empty. Um, and so, therefore, this sort of strong emphasis and spiritual culture is like you really got to find yourself. Mm. It's not even a joke. Mm. Mm. Mic drop. I think... Um... I think we should do another Q&A soon because I feel like there's a lot of... Okay, yeah. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of... Agree. Let's... You want to do it tomorrow? Let's do it tomorrow. What's tomorrow? Monday? Tomorrow's Monday, oh, yeah. yeah. Let's do it tomorrow. Yeah, because then... Oh, actually, I can't do it tomorrow. I have to pause for tomorrow because I have a little... Um, I have a little session. Mm. Um, I'm getting trained up in something because so, I'm trying to do... I'm trying to get my video started back on my page again. Mm. But I want to make them maybe a little bit nicer. So I got a devotee to show me who's went to school for this, how to do a little bit of editing and all oh, these cool. things so I can make proper. Um, they're, they're still going to be raggedy, ratchet. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure of it. But it might be just like a little bit more. Maybe I have a little lofty beats in the background or something like that. So I, the train, I can only get it from 5 to 7 tomorrow. So I'm so we'll, pause we'll tomorrow. pause tomorrow. When is Janmashtami on Tuesday or Wednesday? And Janmashtami is on Tuesday. It's on Tuesday, right? But then is it Wednesday over here? Because I kept on seeing, like, different things oh, here. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I think it might be Wednesday where it's... I am. Anyway. Okay. Um, okay. Are we doing chit-chat on Janmashtami? Yeah, we could. Why not? We can do some Harikata. We could do some Harikata. That could be really nice. Reading some nice, maybe tell some of our favorite stories from Krishna Leela. We could. In summary, or share some favorite verses from Krishna's pastimes. Yes. Or I have, I have a lot of stuff I could really share that I appreciate from. Yes. Yeah, so stories. it's Wednesday in the West. Okay. But, uh, Wednesday on the East Coast, okay. So, but which day is it? What, what does that mean, Wednesday in the West? What's the West? <laughs> do you mean like, do you mean like, do you mean Europe or South America? That's also West. North America, that's West. I don't know. It's Tuesday in Alatra. Only in Alatra, it's on Tuesday. It's, right, that's why. So I heard it was Tuesday in North Carolina where I'm at. I heard so it's, it's Tuesday and Wednesday. I heard it's Wednesday here where I am in Ecuador. That's, I was so confused. I was like, which day is it? Okay, so let's. Anyway, we'll do it. We'll do it Tuesday and Wednesday, maybe Thursday and Friday. We'll just throw in a little bit extra. Yeah. But let's tell some Krishna stories, some some <laughs> realizations about Krishna directly. Yes. 
this is what I, my question was Anand and Sanjivani wrote it like Western civilization, like Europe and US. That's what I was thinking, like the West. The West. <laughs> okay. Okay, family. So we'll, Thank y'all. We'll pause chit chat tomorrow because Jaya has his special training. And then maybe we'll do like a. Yeah, we'll do the special Harikata Tuesday and Wednesday, and then maybe we can have like a Q&A as well, yes. maybe on like Thursday yes. or something like that. We'll figure it out. Okay, yes. everyone. Thank you for joining us for our chit-chat today, and we'll see you on Tuesday. Hare Krishna. Bye. Hare Bol, everyone. Thank you all for joining. Bye. Hadi, hadi.